turn in your scriptures to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus 19. Israel is at Mount Sinai here, and we'll pick up the end of verse 9. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today, and tomorrow let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. And he said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in the thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. We pray, as we've just read, that it would be sealed to our heart and that we would love your word, that it would be on our heart and minds continually. Grant us understanding as we listen to your word now and as we hear it and enjoy it together. Be present with us in the power of your spirit. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would turn over to Matthew now, the book of Matthew. Well, I chose the clarinet. In grade seven and eight, music class, there were, there were only four flutes. I wanted to play the flute, but I wasn't aggressive enough, I suppose. All that was left was six trumpets and eight clarinets. I chose the clarinet. I thought at the time, does anyone actually want to play a trumpet? It turns out God plays the trumpet. 
in the book of Zechariah, the, the scripture speaking of the coming Messiah says this, the Lord God will blow the trumpets. The Lord God will blow the trumpet. The picture is the end of days. It, it's pictured as a storm by the prophet. And there's lightning, and instead of thunder, it's the trumpet God himself is blowing. And the Messiah is coming, the son of David, the righteous one is going to reveal himself. Trumpets were a big part of the worship of the Jewish nation. They had silver trumpets, 10 of them, that had been crafted. But also the shofar, as you know, the large sort of circular animal horn, which is played. It was used most often in three different ways. It would herald the coronation of a king. The shofar would be blown, the trumpet. When Solomon was anointed, it says they blew the trumpet, that is the shofar. And the people said, long live Solomon. Not only was it used or blown for the coronation of a king, it was also blown for warning. The watchmen would have their trumpets and there would be an alarm. They would give the alarm to the people uh, whenever they saw enemies coming. The watchman, he heard the sound of the trumpet and everyone was to take the warning, the sound of it. And if they didn't, then the blood would be upon themselves and not on the watchman. So not only was it the coronation of a king and also a warning to the people, but it was also a call to gather, the assembly of God to gather. Just as we read at Mount Sinai, where the trumpet of God was blown, it was supernaturally blown, either by God himself or an angel there at Sinai, and it called the people to the edge of the mountain. When this trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in the thunder. Here in the book of Matthew, in chapter 24 and 25, the Olivet Discourse here, Jesus tells us in verse 29, look there, verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light. So we're talking about the end of days. And the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven in power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other there is a loud trumpet call and at that sound there are a number of events going on the return of Christ is happening and his wrath and the mourning of the nations and he comes with power and great glory and there is a gathering you notice a gathering of his people in heaven. He sends out his angels and they go 
from one end of heaven to the other. They are scouring heaven. They are gathering the spirits of those who sleep in Christ Jesus. Those spirits that are in the presence of God. They are gathering them, these angels, for the resurrection to life. And they will come with the Lord Jesus. The scripture says in the book of Revelation that the bride has made herself ready and the armies of heaven are arrayed in fine linen and white and pure and following him on white horses. So the angels are scouring heaven. It's like the angels are going out and searching. They're searching so that not one soul is missed. Not one redeemed person is overlooked or forgotten. From all points of the compass, uh, the spiritual world, the supernatural heaven is scoured. Every nook, every cranny, uh, no one is overlooked. Uh, and God's people who have died um, will be gathered to the Lord and will be coming with the Lord at the sound of the loud trumpet call. Turn over to Thessalonians, the book of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep, those who have died in Christ. Most Christians, most people who have trusted in, in Christ are, have died, and, and they are said to be here, the euphemism of being asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left unto the coming of the Lord, so at the return of Christ... Most will have died, but there will be some who trust in Christ still alive. They will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound, see, of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. So he comes, Jesus returns, returns and he brings with him the dead in Christ. Resurrection. They are given their new bodies. Uh, they rise first. There's not a spirit in heaven remaining. And we are meant to be physical and spiritual for all eternity. Sometimes we forget that as Christians. But it is central to our faith, the resurrection. That means our spirit reunited with a new body, a physical body. Uh, not this body, different from this body. Heaven is temporary. We often say, well, we're going to heaven, heaven, heaven. But heaven is temporary. We're coming back with Jesus to the earth. And eventually there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, and we will have bodies forever. 
So he comes, he brings with him those who have already died in Christ, they're resurrected, and he takes as well those who are left until his coming. He says, then we, verse 17, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together. That is, they will be snatched, they will be seized, they will be taken in a moment with them in the clouds, meeting those others in the clouds. So those who remain are still alive. Those Christians will be resurrected too, given in that instant a new body to join all the people of God together. He says, we will always be with the Lord. That is, together. Now Charlene and I are in the process of purchasing our grave plots. <laughs> Some of you probably already have yours. Sort of when you're getting older, you start thinking about things like that. Um, it's sort of fun in a strange, weird way to pick out your, your spot where your earthly remains are going to lie. Um, you know, you could lie on the grass, try it out for size if you like, or whatever. Um, I'd sort of like a tree nearby. I, I like trees. I'd like a tree nearby. But then I started thinking, those roots go deep. Man, I don't know about that. It makes you think twice about having a tree near you. The body, your body, my body, is not going to last either way. Whether we die or whether we are taken, caught up, um, it's not going to last. Either you die in ashes to ashes, dust to dust, or you're taken up at the sound of the trumpet. And we are given a new body. This body is mortal. This body is perishing. Paul describes it as a tent. While well, the resurrected body he describes as a, as a building from God, he says, the tent is our earthly home. You know what a tent is like. It's so temporary and it, it wears and it tears and it's, it's not a place you want to live for very long at all. Um, you, you use it for a couple of days or a week camping and you're, you're, you're done with the tent. <laughs> you want to get back to your house. And he says, well, we have a building from God. This is a tent, but God's giving us a building. He says, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. In this tent, we groan, he says, longing to put on the heavenly dwelling, God's building, the new body that he's made for us. And he says, in this tent, we groan, we burdened. Um, he says that I would be unclothed, that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Uh, turn over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. And let's look at verse 50. He says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood, so that your present body, okay, your body that you have now cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Well, he says that 
nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. This body is perishable. It's that tent. It's not made for eternity. It's decaying. It's falling apart. It will go back to the dust. He says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Okay, we're all not going to die. But we shall all be changed. Speaking of resurrection here. All in Christ will be resurrected to life. He says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, how f fast is that? It's just so instantaneous, so, so uh, incredibly um, fast. He says, at the last trumpet. There's the trumpet again. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. So they're raised first, we read in Thessalonians, and raised imperishable because they have a new resurrected body. And we, that is those who are left, shall be changed. We're all changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. And this mortal must put on immortality. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. We're all going to be changed. All who have trusted in Christ, whose sins have been forgiven, who have been redeemed by his blood, washed clean. All disciples will be resurrected. Those who come with him and those who are taken up to him, all of us will be changed uh, at the sound of the last trumpet. The last trumpet, the loud trumpet, the trumpet of God. You notice the trumpet. Christ comes. He gathers from heaven. He takes from earth. And all his people are resurrected. All his people are together forever with the Lord. Now the last trumpet we read in Corinthians here. That phrase, the last trumpet, was a well-known phrase to the Jewish population. It referred to the very last trumpet that would be blown in the fall feast called the Feast of Trumpets. They would have a whole day of trumpets and the last trumpet sound was this long note from the shofar. You can listen to it online, they still do it. It's a fall feast of repentance and it and promise it. It points the, the Jewish uh, rabbis, the ancient rabbis, uh, said that it pointed to the coming Messiah, to the Son of David. It pointed them towards resurrection, the last trumpet. God will keep his promises and God will blow his trumpet. And it's a revealing trumpet at a coronation because we know. It's Christ who's the Messiah, and he's coming again. He came first to die for our sins as the perfect sacrifice. The first, the second Adam. And he's coming again as king. King of kings and Lord of lords. 
And he will come on the clouds with power and great glory, we're told. And he will be crowned on that day, exalted in that day. The trumpet will sound and it reveals and accomplishes his coronation. And it's also a warning. It's a warning to repent of your sins. It's a warning that his day of wrath is at hand to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a gathering trumpet because the assembly of God is called together from every location in heaven and every corner of the earth. And those who are in Christ will be changed, resurrected. I visited my dad's gravesite this past summer. And there's a tombstone there with his name on it and the name, his name and the years of his life. And he waits for that day. And he will be gathered by the angels and he will come with Jesus because he trusted in Christ. And beside his name is my mom's name. And there are no years yet because she still lives. And should Christ come today, tomorrow, she'll be taken up and resurrected as well, changed. And will come with Jesus too and all of us who know Christ. Many Jewish graves historically have engraved on them a shofar, a trumpet. It pointed and caused them to think of the resurrection and the coming Messiah. It was considered to be a high honor to be able to be buried on the Mount of Olives by many, many Jews because they figured that was the closest they could get their body to the Temple Mount and that means they would be resurrected first, <laughs> uh, being close there in proximity. Such a sad thing that they have rejected the Messiah for he already came, didn't he? to die for us, to live a perfect life, that he might be the perfect sacrifice for our sins, for your sins, to be buried and to be resurrected as the first fruits. And he'll come again for his disciples. He'll come again with his disciples for all those who've been forgiven and redeemed. The question is, when the trumpet of God is sounded, when he blows his trumpet, will it sound for you? Will it call for you? Will you welcome its sound? The Bible says, repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Put your faith in him. He alone is the Savior. And he alone is the Messiah. He alone is our hope and stay.
And so, brothers and sisters, Paul finishes when he tells us we'll all be changed about the resurrection. He says these words, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So it's just hold on, continue on in faith. Continue on in the deeds of Christ. He says, knowing that the Lord, that in the Lord your, your labor is not in vain. He's speaking of the resurrection. He's coming. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for this series as we've studied and reflected on the days that are coming and the days that are unfolding around us. Oh, we thank you we're safe in Christ, come what may, and whether we sleep and our spirits are in the safekeeping of our Savior, or whether we live, we will all in Christ live forever with that building not made by hands, with that imperishable body. And how we look forward to the reign and the kingdom of God on earth the reign of Jesus Christ. We enjoy your word. It encourages us. It motivates us. And may this week even be a week where we live out our faith in hard questions, in the hard situations some here are facing. We pray that we would honor our Savior. Help us by your spirit. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.